From skincare to fashion designing, these two Tony Elmelo entrepreneurs have a lot to tell you about. Tune in, sit back, and listen as these entrepreneurs tell you how they've run their businesses in these sectors. Welcome to the Tony Elmelo Foundation Audio Stories on Entrepreneurship in Africa. Kasim. I am a Tony entrepreneur from the class of 2017. I'm a pattern maker, a fashion designer, and the creative director for the clothing brand Sarah Kasim. At Sarah Kasim, I train, I do trainings, I make clothes, Afrocentric outfits, very affordable ones, and then I do trainings where people come to learn fashion and all those other stuff. Hello, I'm Hajibaye Holua Kemi of Crystal Shine Skin Clinic. It is a place where we promote healthy and beautiful skin through her services and skincare products. We've got a couple of our skincare range from the cleansers to the toners to the soaps for babies, for adults, anti-aging, and of course for middle-aged uh, females. We're trying to minimize the use of azadol skin uh, lightening ingredients in skin products and uh, what we make use of basically uh, vitamins and very very skin friendly we have um, in-house treatments you walk into the clinic you have your treatments done uh, from medical to aesthetics uh, skincare treatments like eczema psoriasis management seborrheic dermatitis acne treatments and you know so Something that is common with us in Nigeria due to our climate uh, condition is a sunburn. So we try to make sure we manage your sunburn well and we ensure there is no reoccurrence of it by working on your lifestyle. And uh, we also try to make sure that damaged skin are repaired and that they are maintained healthy. So, so you're a Tony Melo entrepreneur from the class of... Okay, I'm a Tony Melo Foundation entrepreneur from the class of uh, 2017. Sarah, do you want to tell us how you got the idea for your business, Sarah Cousin? Okay, I got the idea for my... Okay, before I would start, I would say fashion was something that I was born into because my grandma was fashion designer. She was a tailor. They called her tailor back by test. That means tailor beneath the staircase. And then my mom to souls. So when I was in secondary school, and I remember those times, she was always telling them, having badass uniforms was something that were cool because I went to command secondary school. But just, it was a boarding house, having big colors shirts and big skirts and different styles so then I knew I knew those times I always tell my mom to make and then she'd be like she didn't have time to do all those things so she would cut and then pull me through to make them so I remember going back to school we were like ah this is so cool and then I guess tell them that I made this so it was <laughs> in SS3 it was really so nice so when I got to uni like then people started selling some side jobs and all those things and people started to recognize me and I like, okay, I could actually do this as a side also. So I started doing it and then I started getting recognition too. So then I knew that I really wanted to do fashion. So how I now went to the Afrocentric line was I think, okay, I started noticing that on Fridays, people were always wearing casual Afrocentric outfits to work. Then I started, I started I like, okay, what was, if, um, there should be something behind, like, behind this thing. So I went online and did the research and I found out that the government at, um, in the 90s then passed a law 
asking people to wear casual outfits to work to oh, promote really? yeah that's to promote cool. our fabrics so at that time so then like okay since that's a thing then I could tap into this line okay. so then in my church we did um, an entrepreneurship gathering so I wanted to test what I was doing so I got um, fabrics and cars and prints in affordable materials okay. so I made I, like 1000 or so then I made over like 40 to 50 then I noticed that I sold out and we had like four or five fashion designers. Oh, yeah, at this point? That was like, I was um, 21, 21, okay. 20, yeah. Okay. So I sold out and I'm like, okay, I think there's actually a market for this thing that I'm really doing. Because I, I remember going to other fashion designers just to do a market survey. Okay, how far? How's your? And then I sold between 3K to 5K. 6k so they were like ah oh, they didn't really sell the only person that sold was another girl out of the five of us and then i was like okay how much were you selling for she said 10 12 okay i'm like okay then then my target market were people that didn't really have enough cash okay. school undergraduates and all those other stuff so i'm like okay now that i already know that there's a market available for really affordable afrocentric outfits then i tapped into it that's how okay, i came out perfect yeah so, Kemi, how did you come up with the idea of going into skincare? Uh, yeah, one thing that uh, Tony Illumile Foundation has helped me with is to come up with a beautiful brand story. So, I'm going to share my brand story with you. I lived with a hound, a very dear hound to me, when I was much more younger, and um, my hound died of skin cancer. So I told myself that one day when I grow up, I'm going to find solution to skin problems. So I, I, have, I have tapped into this in order to promote a beautiful and healthy skin. And I am raising awareness against uh, the use of hazardous chemicals in skin lightening creams because uh, they eventually harm the skin at the long run. That's interesting. So, Sarah, um, how is it like being a, an entrepreneur in the fashion industry? I understand that, you know, it's one of those kind of industries where people say, I can always find somebody else. So how is it dealing with your customers, number one? And number two, keeping your, um, maintaining the attention of your customers? You know that my market target is still people that are the undergraduate, NYC and everything. Okay, that way, how I manage them, the first thing that I do, I have these benefits. Like if you are serving and you are an undergraduate, automatically have a 30% discount. Because obviously, yeah, obviously somebody that's making money at the end of the month and you maybe 19, 8 and then you're still in school and all those things. So there's an automatic 30% discount for people like that. So some people will still be like, ah, no, my tailor collects, for example, see, my tailor collects 2000 <laughs> And I'm like, for crying out loud, I have a place, I have a store, I pay rent, I have expenses to pay. So I try to see, let me make you see reasons in this thing that it cannot work. So I, what I always do is I just try to advise you, like, okay, let's do it like this. If you can afford me now, it's not a problem. I'm not angry. What you would do, you can go to somebody else. Then when you have the money to afford me, you can do that. I have a client like that. So when she has this Owen bag, for example, she says, ah, I'm going to Koyi. This wedding is in Landmark. I'm going to SK. We say, ah, the wedding is in a budget. <laughs> Let me go to the oh, Do you understand? Yes. Yes. 
audience segmentation. Yeah, yeah. So that's what she does. So she understands her pockets. So when she do like not only her, I have other customers like that. So that and those ones when they when they have those outs, it makes me feel like okay, what I'm doing is actually very good for them to see that this particular place deserves SK to be one day, mm-hmm. and then maybe the other place. It's not see those people are bad. The only difference is the pattern, the pattern making because there's a template already down mm-hmm. when I measure you, and then I do the template and then transfer to the fabric rather than just making them freehand mm-hmm. and then transfer into the fabric directly. Awesome. So, um, what would you say your challenges have been so far as an entrepreneur in the fashion industry? Okay. My challenges so far, first of all, I'll say cost of production. Running a fashion business, you have to, and thank God for the Tony Limelu Foundation, like, I understood a lot of things from there about running your business, your expenses and everything. When I first started, then I know that I used to run on foil a lot. But then I have basic knowledge. So what I do, I try to improvise. Okay, maybe if there's no light and I have to run on foil, because my machines are industrial. So now I got a basic sewing machine that has you can use leg width. So okay. when we need, to, when there's no light and you need on the joint, it's maybe because you want to iron, you want to oh. do some gummings, and you want to do other things, or you want to stone, or so you want to press. Yes, you my expenses are reduced. Like if I didn't have that understanding, I might be running on a loss. Mm-hmm. When I check at the end of the year, I'm like, okay, even if I'm not running on a loss, the profits might not be low. I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be making more than this. Why is this happening? So that's what the foundation did. They helped me understand what it actually is to be an a better entrepreneur and reduce my cost and make more profits. Mm-hmm. Profits. Okay. So the major challenge for you being um, an entrepreneur in the fashion industry is basically the cost of running yeah, the business. Major. So and the other ones is um fabrics um some sometimes when people say ah because I am an affordable Afrocentric maker they be like okay maybe for example now they see this style and then they want the exact style forgetting that me I'm affordable so when you're telling me I want this fabric I'm like okay it can't be affordable because obviously when I go to the market if I'm buying fabrics for two three k and then the fabric now is buying ten k or so and then you still want it at the same price. Of maybe at the end of the day, the dress is costing me 5K to sell to you. And then you're saying you want this exam. I'm like, it's not possible to actually get this thing at this same price. So at that point, do you renegotiate with the client? or? Yeah, at that point, I renegotiate with the client because that's the price I already gave for maybe ready to wear. So it's not going to be covering whatever it is there. So that way, you're making me to measure. You're making a bespoke outfit. Mm-hmm. You're not making the outfit that already calculated the costs mm-hmm. and kept out there as this is the price for this. So if you're bringing styles that you want, me to make for you, maybe bespoke or maybe custom made for you, then you have to pay that amount. Mm. Gotcha. How so many people now? have you employed so far? Three. Okay. Yes, I have three staff so far. Okay. That's amazing. Well Thank done. You. Well done. So in the skincare business, right, what would you say are your challenges running that kind of business in, in Nigeria? Oh, okay. Um, one of my major challenges is, um, is getting Nigerians to understand that being white is not being beautiful. And having a light skin, it doesn't necessarily mean the skin is healthy. So um, preaching the, the, the gospel of uh, skin wellness <laughs> to Nigerians is a major challenge. Everybody want to be white. They want to have it done overnight. They want to just be why in two days you see people walk into the clinic and tell me, Oh, I've got this party in a few days to come and I want my skin 
white and I want a skin glow. Yes, I can promise you a glow. I can promise you a brightened skin, but not this white skin overnight. It's not possible. So that's an immediate challenge. But recently, you know, with a constant uh, creation of awareness, females in Nigeria are getting to understand what it is for skin to be healthy and they're embracing it. Okay, awesome. So um, how you said you have to drive awareness, let people know that, you know, whitening your skin is not all that. So how, what tools do you use to spread the word? Okay, um, we started our campaign in secondary schools because at some point last year we had a lot, lot of uh, students coming into the clinic for skin whitening. So we saw that as a challenge and we embraced it. And sometime this year too, we were at a Unilag to talk about skin wellness. And even on our social media platforms, we always create awareness on bleaching. Awesome, amazing stuff. Um, how many staff do you currently have right now? Yeah, about 10 in both clinics. We've got one in Ikorodu, number 51, Lagos Road, directly beside JT Bank in Ikorodu, and number 13B, Osho Street, Okpebe Link Road in Ikeja. You joined the program in 2017, Sarah, and you joined at what year, 2017 as well? What role would you say the foundation played in setting up your business till now? Okay, the foundation has played like a major role in Sarah Kassim. Because before now, I, I knew how to do business because my mom is an entrepreneur, she sold too. So I just automatically felt that, you know, money is coming in and you spend it like that. But now I know that I'm supposed to have like a structure, a proper structure that my business will be able to thrive on and grow even if I am not there. So, and then the other rules is um, networking. And I applied for the Mandela Washington Fellowship last year. And then I need, I made it to the interview stage and then they were like, okay, you are a member of the Tony Emily Foundation and all those things. So I feel like they, when they saw that tag, they were like, okay, she has some credibility already. Yeah, I want to say a big thank you to Tony Elumelo Foundation for me, uh, helping me carve out a beautiful brand story is um, what I can say is my number one take home from the foundation. Before TEF, I'd been to Lagos Business School, so I'd done a bit on my business, uh, on, I've gone for my business education, but my brand story, I wasn't taught before TEF. Um, what words of wisdom or encouragement can you give entrepreneurs who are just about to start so okay the first word of encouragement i always give anyway is know the knowledge of the process research make a little yes research and yeah. know how to do something because when especially when you don't start employing people make them know that you know how to do this thing because these stillers they know that if you don't know how to work mm-hmm. and then i always say invest in yourself you get better with time and how about you yeah um in the same vein, I'm going to take a cue on what Sarah said. Seek knowledge. Perfect. Thank you guys so much for your time. <laughs> Thank you. Don't worry, we'll edit out all those things.